You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. All I have is my stink. And Veronica Daschle. Hi. And tonight we're going to be talking about Orions in Star Trek, throughout Legacy Trek and into New Trek. And then after that, we'll be talking about the latest episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, Something Borrowed, Something Green. But before huh. we get into that, Keith, do we have any This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, I got a couple of interesting things that I thought were relatively significant. Um, this is the one, we've talked about this before, but completely, uh, most people, so many people still think that the first interracial kiss on television was from this episode, which we all know. Okay. Uh, which, of course, is Plato's Stepchildren. It aired right. on September 17th, 1968. Of course... Strictly speaking, it's not the first interracial kiss on television. That right. was in Great Britain. It's not even the first interracial kiss between a black person and a white person. That was Nancy Sinatra and mm-hmm. I think Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. It's not even the first interracial kiss with William Shatner. <laughs> that is technically <laughs> him and him and Franz Nguyen. But it's still a significant thing because and I'm, I may have said this in one of our other shows. Um, way back in the day, the we you probably know the studios were really concerned about the South, and mm-hmm. thus they were honestly concerned about the South. And I, and I mentioned this before. I know he's not listening to this. I used to work with a guy from West Virginia. We talked about this episode once. He was a fan, and he said when it was found, heard that there was a rumored kiss between Kirk and Uhura, that his grandma and his granddad, like his whole clan. And I'm sorry for West Virginians. I don't mean that offensively. They were like. Wanting to go down and burn down the television studio <laughs> just for a kiss, and it's sad right. because it's a forced kiss. On top of that, it's not a romantic yep. kiss. It's you know, it's a forced one. And I'm sure everybody listening to this show knows that Nichelle Nichols and William Shatner faked, or they they blew the shots because the network was still tentative, and they tried to make it a different kiss. Right. And they screwed up every take so badly they had to go with that one. Yeah. We, we talked about it a little bit last week, but yeah, yeah I mean, specifically, it's a shorthand. When people say the first mm-hmm. interracial kiss on television, what they're right. talking about is the first interracial kiss between, you know, a black person and a white person, right. a romantic mouth-to-mouth kiss, not Nancy Sinatra <laughs> giving Sammy Davis Jr. a peck on the cheek or yes. that sort of thing. And, and I mean, <laughs> frankly, at that time, you know, things like people from Cuba or people from mm-hmm. Asia were less controversial than yeah. between you know Caucasian people and African American people, that was Definitely. the hot button thing, and so that it, it gets shorthanded a lot to the first interracial kiss on television. So people debate the semantics of that, but yeah. I mean specifically, that was um, sort of a taboo on television at that time. Mm-hmm. That you know Star Trek had a big hand in in pushing past, and I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I think it's very interesting, Charles, what you said about. The sometimes ludicrous gradations of what's acceptable, like you said, right. there was Rick, there was Ricky Ricardo and Lucy, yep. but he was he was Cuban, but he was a certain color Cuban. <laughs> uh, there was also a thing for generations that basically, when it was interracial between a black person and a white person, it was always a white guy and a black woman. 
mm. black woman and a white, a black man and a white woman, that was a different thing. So yeah. there's all the, and of course we have that now when we talk about things like LGBTQA and stuff. Sometimes you have to laugh at the ludicrous nature of how mm-hmm. people kind of parse what's acceptable yeah. <laughs> mixing yeah. of all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there was a Doctor Who episode where they time traveled back to Selma, Alabama. And uh-huh. and so, you know, the the man of African descent had to sit in the back and mm-hmm. the doctor who presents as a white person sat in the front. But then mm-hmm. Yaz, who is of Pakistani descent, was like, where do I sit? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and just like, I don't know, sit down and see if they say anything. <laughs> yes, there's truth to that. And also, uh, Plato's stepchildren, we keep it, the kiss, of course. It's also known by many, many fans as one of the worst episodes in the original series. Yes. Um, most people kind of sort of hate it because it's it's weird, it's it's strange. It's got S and M in it. Uh, I'm still stunned that in 1968 they had hot pokers and whips coming at women on yep. television. Right. Um, and it's one of the famous episodes banned in Great Britain for decades because mm. of the violent content. Right. Um, and another one. Move on. Here we go. Uh, gosh, where's Matt Sweatman? And where's Alan? <laughs> 20th of December, 1968, the premiere. Brain and brain, what is brain? Smock's <laughs> <laughs> uh, brain, of course, which is universally considered not a good episode, but it's so funny. It's a good, fun camp episode. It's not like, yeah. uh, oh, what's that horrible one? And the children shall lead that pretty much right. everybody hates. Yeah. Uh, this one's fun. Yeah, I've said this numerous times on the podcast. It's not a good mm-hmm. episode, but it's a fun episode. Right. Yeah, and I can watch that anytime. I can sit down and watch that. Yeah. Um, another one I thought was, I thought this was relatively significant for an interesting thing. You might say, what? what does this have to do with anything? On the 21st of September, 1974, the animated series episode, The Practical Joker, aired. Okay. Yeah. That is another one of a go, okay, who cares? Because that's a horrible show. But there's two things about it. It did come up with a cool meme as posted by our own Charles the other day, which was Kirk to Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> sure. But also, it's significant for the thing they showed called the Recreation Room right. on the Enterprise, which was basically a hollow deck because mm-hmm. it created environments and it even created snow. It could kill you in there. So that's the first actual showing of what we would later call the holodeck, even though the actual holodeck in production order was first mentioned in Next Generation mm-hmm. and in chronology was first hinted at in Enterprise, the series. Right. Yeah. And we actually featured that um, at Dragon Con. We did a sh- an adult show that mixed ah. burlesque and puppets and comedy with Star Trek. And it was called mm-hmm. what, what Happens in the Holodeck. And it was set around... Um, uh, Reg Barkley's great grandmother, Regina Barkley, who um, setting up the the holodeck on the original Star Trek <laughs> on the original Enterprise, <laughs> the seventeen oh one. So she was in all it was all TOS. Nice. And the last thing I got, I actually want to do a birthday because this is a very important person. On twenty second of September, nineteen seventeen, World War One time, Samuel Peoples was born. Okay. And uh, for those who don't know the original series much, Samuel Peoples was incredibly important to the original series. One thing is that everybody probably knows the original series was called, quote unquote, the wagon train to the stars. Right. Well, Gene Roddenberry, bless his soul, did what Gene Roddenberry did. He claimed credit for creating that. The <laughs> truth of the matter is Samuel Peoples came up with that idea at lunch one day where they were trying to do a pitch. And what a lot of people don't know is Gene Roddenberry's first pitch to the network was went really badly because Gene Roddenberry 
despite being a tall and kind of physically imposing man, was really soft-spoken and kind of insecure. And when they were trying to figure out what to do at lunch, Samuel People said, oh, wow, just call it wagon train to the stars because this is the <laughs> 60s and Westerns were, possible, were popular. The other reason I know this is true is I checked and this story came from none other than Harlan Ellison himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Harlan ain't giving nobody credit unless it's true. So. Nope. Nope. <laughs> right. And Samuel A. Peoples, he wrote the second pilot to the original series, which sold the show. And he yes. also wrote the first episode of the animated series. Isn't so, that amazing? I mean, we, owe, we owe a debt to Samuel A. Peoples. He was very well known for writing Westerns at that time. Yeah, and that's what I think is so great about him is he was that 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 connection of writing the second pilot and then the pilot animated series. The only interesting thing about it is Gene Roddenberry was so impressed and so grateful with what Samuel Peoples had done for him. He offered him to be the line producer on the series. Oh, Peoples turned it down because he wanted to do two other shows, which were two westerns that nobody remembers today. <laughs> but scrambling around, Gene Roddenberry got his second choice, which is Gene Kuhn. To become wow. the producer. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, if, yeah. if you're in working in television, 1965, 66, I mean, mm -hmm. doing a Western does seem like a safer bet than a science yes. fiction series. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's this week in Trek history. And I do have one quick bit of news. but um, Okay. No, go ahead with your news, too. I have one, too. Go, okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, this just in, very short Trek sucks. Okay, back to you, Charles. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, this is one that Alan sent to me. He couldn't be here tonight. Awesome. He's, in, he's, he's being a rock star right now. But um, <laughs> there's a new Lower Decks Wordle game called Decked. And if you go to ParamountPlus.com uh, mm -hmm. slash Decked, that's D-E-C-K-D. And it's a Wordle game, and there's a word from the latest episode of Lower Decks. And I have I have no idea how Wordle works. I don't play Wordle or Hurdle or any of that. So if you are a Wordle person and you like Star Trek, go check out Decked uh, and let us know if it's good, if it's fun. You know, I don't I don't know what you do. Yeah, I'm not a video yeah. game guy. It, it's 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 literally you guess letters and it tells oh. you, oh, these are wrong or this okay. is wrong, but it's in the wrong spot. And hey, this one's in the the right character in the right spot. And then you have to kind of okay figure it out, and you get like five tries or something. Well, fun, yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay, well, now you mentioned Very Short Treks. Do we want to talk about the latest episode of Very Short Treks before we get into our topic for today? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Veronica. So I actually <laughs> found this one slightly amusing. Okay. I didn't think it was super terrible. Okay. I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was stupid potty humor, basically. Yes. But I, I wasn't like, what? <laughs> um. So it was it was it was a little gross. Was it that you found it better or that very short tricks has lowered your expectations? Um, probably lowered my expectations. If I had seen this without having seen the others, I'd probably be like, what are they <laughs> doing? But um, <laughs> okay. in comparison, I thought it was better. And I really enjoyed the the um, joke about the reheating the fish <laughs> in the break room. <laughs> OK, because that's a that's a thing in offices is. So yeah. when reheats fish the break room and it smells like that for the next week. To Charles's question about how you phrased that, Veronica, there's uh, Matt Sweatman, where are you? There's an episode of Cheers where Sam is asking, saying something about being good looking. And um, my God, uh, with Diane not wanting to say that says, well, you're rather unrepugnant. 
And Sam goes, yeah, that's what the ladies say. Oh, unrepugnant Sam. <laughs> and so when you said it wasn't the worst, it wasn't whatever, because I kind of hated it personally. Yeah. I, I just hated it. And not even because it was the, you know, the gross humor, although I'm not into booger humor and all that weird stuff. Right. Yeah. It, it, it honestly just doesn't seem like anybody who's watched Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows it? It feels like they just. That, that's not what yeah. Riker would have done in that no. case. Riker would have been all. like, all right, finger up the nose, let's shake hands. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it, I mean, and all you got to do is look at Lower Decks to get someone who gets it and makes yeah. fun of it or, you know, laughs, with, laughs right. at it, but even laughs at it lovingly. This is, and this is a horrible analogy. This is like when somebody takes a famous person and puts them in a porn film and just changes the name, or so I've heard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's no resemblance to the real life person. They just have the name. Because I'm watching this, and it's like, it's not even Star Trek. It's not even funny. It's not even good satirical Star Trek. Right. Yeah. To me. To yeah. Me. No. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we should say that again. That I mean, it's all subjective. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and part Absolutely. of the fun of discussing things is sometimes you agree and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I remember in the first season of Strange New Worlds, Veronica loved the Elysian Kingdom. It was her favorite episode <laughs> of the season. Keith said he would never watch it again. <laughs> but that's that's that makes it fun to have a discussion about yes. it. If, yeah. if we all Absolutely. just agree all the time, you know. Uh, so some, some folks enjoy it for me, a very short treks is, I, I said this just on Facebook today, uh, in a mm-hmm. comment on one of Benny best posts that, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes me appreciate Mike McMahon all the more <laughs> because yes. lower decks could have been this week to week. Yes, that's true. That's what, you know? that's what I was worried about when they first right. did true. it. Cause, cause this kind of humor is what Rick and Morty is a lot of the time. Well, I think Rick oh, and Morty is. is more clever. It is more clever, but it's it it veers towards this more than it does. But I I agree with you others. that Amazing. I think the the Riker that we know from the show, if a guy stuck his finger in his nose and said, "This is our custom to shake hands," and I think that Riker would have stuck his finger in his nose and shook his hand. Yes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's for somebody. It's not necessarily for me. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know. I don't know. Um, is what it is. Yeah. You know. And we yeah. have our first comment for the evening. Yay! Our hey. buddy William. Um, and I apologize, Bill Lamond. Bill Lamond. Yep. I'm glad because I was about to say I don't remember how to pronounce her name, and we've asked before, and you told us, and I had forgotten. So hi, Bill. Okay. And what's Bill's comment? He says hi all. Sorry, I'm late. That's all right, Bill. But you are late. On time because you were the first comment. <laughs> That's right. That's okay, Bill. We blow our noses <laughs> in your general direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure who the target audience for these very short treks is. It's not my first. And, and so I, I said this in our Facebook group. This uh-huh. could potentially be the final performance for Jonathan Frakes and Gates McFadden yeah. as their characters. Yeah. Wow. After 30 plus years of playing these characters, this could be wow. the, the final, their, their final performance. <laughs> yep. What a scary thought. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I, I guess it's not, it's not hitting the mark for me. Um, if, if you're out there and you enjoy very short treks, great. Um, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's not my kind of show. Got I got to be honest. Charles, you should tweet that that they could be their last performances, and Terry Metalis will see it and go, "Hell no, I got to do something else." Right <laughs> now, now, they have to do Legacy or a yeah. movie or Picard season four. This can't be yeah. it for the next generation mm-hmm. crew. 
Yeah, and I always, as a personal thing, I always tell people, because sometimes people think I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to certain things. Like, folks, yeah. I will watch The Three Stooges. I yeah. watch, I'll watch yeah. The Warriors, that goofy movie, which is great. It is not lowbrow humor. That's the problem. It, but I think what you said about Mike McMahon and Charles is correct. It's good lowbrow humor. Or no, no that's just not lowbrow, but, you know, kind of slapstick. And you realize yeah. how hard it is to do that kind of humor when it's done it's, badly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can do it well. I mean, mm-hmm. like Blazing Saddles has a very famous fart yes. sequence. <laughs> yes. and, and fart yes. sequences are not known for highbrow humor. Yes. You know, but it, it can be done. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm part, I, I follow probably like four or five different Three Stooges Facebook groups <laughs> and pages. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, and that's a lot of people slapping each other, you know, yes. but it, sometimes it's done well and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Yes. So, it, like I said, it wasn't for me, but I did look. At, when I watched it on YouTube today, I looked at the comments, and I got to tell you, I read thirty comments, twenty-five were positive. Oh, good. Uh, okay. Even excellent. I, I, yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Not for me. Yeah, and that and that happens. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, uh, Keith likes Star Trek Enterprise a lot. I do not. Yeah. And, but that that's a basis for conversation. Yeah. You know? That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So our, our topic tonight, we wanted to talk about Orion's. Oh, you know what? We've got some comments. Let's hit the comments before we get into the topic. Yeah. So our buddy Hi. Bill says he's only seen one episode of Lower Decks um, a few years ago, and he loved it. Um, that is great, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in this particular instance talking about short treks. Very short treks. Very short treks. Yep. Which um, in your next comment, you said you don't have any idea how to find any current track. Well, if you want to watch the very short tracks, mm-hmm. it is on the Paramount plus YouTube. Right. Um, I don't know if they still have the strange new world season one on there. I don't know. The but first episode of season two or something like that. But Bill, their, their habit has been to, as the new season comes out, they'll put the previous season on YouTube in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So I think the previous season of lower decks is on YouTube right now. Yeah. So, so I would check, check the, the Star Trek on Paramount plus, um, YouTube page and see what they've got available. They may have still have lower deck. I mean, they may still have strange new worlds on there, but I think they do have the, the previous season of lower decks as well. But also if you get um, Pluto TV, they they've been streaming a lot of things for free on Pluto TV here and there as well. Yeah. Good idea. yeah. All right. What we got next. Very good All right. Idea. We got our, lost. we got our buddy, Anthony Williams. You said Keith is hitting on some great points. There are people who dislike lower decks because they think that star Trek should be serious. I'm not one of those, but I personally think that very short treks is silly Trek done badly. Yeah. yeah. We strongly agree with you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and he also amen. added that uh, Keith is a man of taste for his enjoyment of enterprise. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You hear that, Charles? <laughs> I, I heard it. <laughs> oh, great. man. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, our topic tonight, we're, before we get into the latest episode of Lower Decks, that'll probably come around the 35-minute mark of our show, but we wanted to talk about the history of Orions in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, Orions, for a race that was introduced going back to the pilot, I mean – that was one of the very first Star Trek races that was introduced. The original yeah. pilot of Star Trek had the Orion animal woman, you know, um, that Vina was portraying in the, in the illusions and, but they were not super developed over the course of 40 years, yeah. but they, they live large in people's recollections. So we mm-hmm. wanted to talk a little about how the Orions have been portrayed up to this point. Yeah, they've, I mean, they've pretty much just 
been portrayed as pirates and seduction people. I don't in know. In a lot of cases, seductresses. yeah. Seductresses. Yeah. But really, there's, I mean, there's a big gap between the original series because they, they really didn't delve much into mm-hmm. Orion's. And, but that was, I mean, part of the mandate of Next Generation was that they were deliberately not bringing back a lot of the original series races. I mean, yeah. there weren't, initially, there weren't a whole lot of Vulcans, but there weren't, I mean, there were very few Andorians and Tellarites and things like that. Mm-hmm. But on the original series, I mean, in, in the cage, you don't actually get an Orion. <laughs> you get Vina in yeah. disguise as an Orion in an illusion. And then later on, you got Yvonne Craig portraying an Orion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things about the Orions, which is very interesting, and of course, again, we're talking the 60s, is the first introduction of Vina. The, there's even the whole discussion in um, Captain Pike's quarters where he talks about giving up the starship captain. And he says something which, of course, he, sure as heck wouldn't go today. He said he might go to the to the, um, to the colonies. I think the Rigel colonies. Or the Orion. Right. And the doctor mm-hmm. says, "You, a, a, uh, you, a, whatever, de- you are a trader dealing in green animal women slaves." And and right. she is portrayed as a slave woman. And then they talk about how they're almost like what we think of as Deltons, which is an interesting analogy. How almost mm-hmm. no man can resist them. So they were they were really, as Veronica said, they were they were portrayed as seductresses and really almost animal women. Mm-hmm. And then of course, when Yvonne Craig showed Craig showed up as Martin. Mm-hmm. Marta, in whom gods destroy, it was still more of that. She was doing the dance, and it was all about the seduction. Mm-hmm. You didn't really see Orion women, men yet, and you didn't know anything else about them other than that. And yeah. then, of course, um, was it what this uh, journey to Babel? Yeah, yeah, and, so, and, and I guess technically we got an Orion and Journey to Babel, even though he was disguised as an Andorian. Right. right. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. And I remember being a kid. When I first watched Star Trek, my memory, I was eight. I may have watched it before that because my older brothers watched it. So it, it might have been in the ether. But I was eight. And I remember the green the green Orion slave woman was a it was a thing. They just mm-hmm. they seemed so exotic. I don't use use that word. They seemed right. so strange. Um and you didn't know what to make of them. That's all we knew about them at that point in time until Journey of the Babel, as you mentioned. Yeah. And at least with Yvonne Craig's, Yvonne Craig's character, she had the additional, I guess, interesting – because she was insane. You know, like yeah. she was crazy. Right. So right. She, she wasn't just seducing, but she was like mm-hmm. a crazy Orion woman. So yes. it's like she would like – quote Shakespeare and say she wrote it. And he's like, well, Shakespeare already wrote it. And she's like, well, I wrote it too. <laughs> you know, and things like that. It kind of made her charming, you know? Yeah. And my, and my favorite when she's getting ready to, and Kirk's getting ready to make out with her or let her make out with him. And she pulls the knife out and she said, right. yeah, he, he's my lover. I have to kill him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then of course, in the animated series, we got the Orions. Yes, <laughs> the Orions. <laughs> yeah, I forgot were, about that. They were kind of blue, mm-hmm. and they were the they were the Orions. We we watched that just recently. We talked about it in our animated series discussion. Yep. But yes, um, I mean, on one hand, it's good that they're bringing back an original series species, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and developing them further. I don't that that's an episode that for me that doesn't hold up as much. It's more boring than I remember it, it being. Is. I remember yeah. it being Kirk fighting an Orion on, on an asteroid for half an hour, but it's not. It's right. uh, it's a lot of messing around on the ship and talking about a plague for <laughs> the first 17 right. minutes or something. 
Yeah. The only thing that animated episode did, to your point, is it built on the mystery of the Orions because in Journey to Babel, as you said, we didn't actually. Well, we saw we saw he was an Orion pretending to be an Andorian. But the only thing was we just had mysteries because what we find out, of course, in Journey to the Babel is that the Orions were behind the attacks on the Enterprise and on Captain Kirk. And all you find out in that episode is that the Orions literally wanted to start an interstellar war so they could sell the lithium to everybody right. and make a profit. And so yeah. it built on this mystique of these cre- these people who seem to be somewhat sinister, maybe pirates, you know, a syndicate, basically. But I don't yeah. think the term syndicate had come up yet, right? That no, yeah, that was that was DS9 mm. that introduced the Orion Syndicate. But that's a good segue because, I mean, we really didn't, as far as on on screen, we mm-hmm, didn't get mm-hmm. much more of Orions until the Orion Syndicate. They were in the books. Uh, oh. The Star Trek books are always good about that sort of thing. They don't. They, the, the 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 book writers never forget. You know, <laughs> anything that's been on Star Trek. <laughs> but they went back to the Orion Syndicate on DS9. Now you had. The, those green guys on DS9, which I wasn't even at the time sure if they were Orions because they had like four nostrils and kind of strange noses and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. updated makeup. Right. And I'm still not sure if those guys are supposed to be Orions, but maybe they're somewhere in that family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get, we get, we started getting comments about the Orion syndicate in DS9. Yeah. There was an episode with, uh, was, were they introduced with O'Brien? Was that when we, was, I don't know if that was when we first heard the term or not. I don't know if that was when we first heard the term, but that was the one that leaps out to me in my memory is mm-hmm. o- O'Brien having to like go undercover. Because of course you'd get, you'd the chief engineer of a space station is who you'd tap to go on an undercover <laughs> spy <Yes>. mission. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, but really like the next gen era is sort of just devoid of Orion's until you get to enterprise. That's true. You're right. And then you're right. We had ne- nothing on next gen. We had deep space nine, which as you said, I don't know if we ever, we saw the Orion, but it, it deepened the mystique because you saw right. all these different races and you talk, you heard about the Orion syndicate and you heard how afraid people were of crossing right. the Orion syndicate. Yeah, um, it was yeah. probably some kind of big Kalfanostra kind of thing, or even like the Dominion, where you you know they would go, oh, oh it's them. And, but again, you hadn't seen anything you're right, until right. Enterprise. Yeah, so Enterprise brought them back and kind of uh, retconned the Orions a bit. Mm-hmm. So I want to get I want to get one quick comment before we get too sure. far away from. And we've got what several we said. several comments, so we can't necessarily read all of them. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep to the ones that are kind of relevant to what we're talking about, but. Bill, I'm seeing all your comments. I'm going to try and reply to them in the chat at some point. <laughs> um, so Bill says, I've only seen the animated series in the first broadcast. I don't remember that they pronounced Orion in that way. Did they really? Yes. Yes. They 100% they called them Orions. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know why, how they got away with that. Like, what? 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 And I said that during our, <laughs> our animated series discussion, but that, that yeah. doesn't bother me because everyone says Orions. Yeah. yeah and yeah. all those yeah. characters are in Starfleet and they're in the 23rd century. So they know. Like, you know, I'm probably wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. As long as everyone does it, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Right. And Bill, that really went down to the point that the animated series, honestly, pretty much everything you see was done in one take. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they just went. They just went. Yeah, they um, they directed. There was one take. And I, I've listened to some of the voice actors. And they say, can I do that again? No, it's fine. Keep going. It's <laughs> but, I mean, good for them for everyone saying Orions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, I guess whoever said it first pronounced it. And from there on mm-hmm. out, it was Orions. You know, or <laughs> unless it was a directorial choice. The director may have said, or I mean, it could have been 
written written the, that could have been the pronunciation guide for the script. Yeah, it was, know. and they probably I, just honestly didn't remember it because it's something that they did years ago and don't right. remember having that character in there. Fans remember, it, but <laughs> it really was. And I forget who, and I want to blame Shatner, but I can't slur Shatner. But it really was one actor or person said it the wrong way. Yeah. And by then, there were many times where Shatner was literally like in a hotel room in New York, just doing his lines. So they weren't always in the studio together. And to your point, one person, Shatner, somebody said Orion and their, their, whatever you call it, their voice track. Right. And then someone else heard it and they started doing it. And then the other people came in to read. And they said, are you sure that's right? And they go, well, I don't know. That's what he said. Let's just do it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the important thing in that situation is just everyone's consistent. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. true. Very true. But, but yeah, on Enterprise, I mean, up to Enterprise, it's sort of the thought was that these Orion women were the slaves. They're the animal women slaves that no man can resist. But Enterprise tried to sort of flip that on its head and say that mm -hmm. the women were actually the ones who were running the society. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think about that, Veronica? I, I like that flip. Okay. I, and I like that they continue that as, as canon. I found that really interesting. And it's not a thing you saw in a lot of the Star Trek aliens. I mean, a lot of them, it was the male-led culture. Mm -hmm. um regardless or or occasionally you'd get the where there wasn't any difference and they were just people um but more often than not most of the aliens were the males are in charge um True. i mean because that's how it was in the 60s especially um and even in the late 80s and early 90s that was still yeah a lot of the things I mean, so i really like that they, they flipped that yeah i mean you say that though but i mean we did in the 60s get uh like to pal who was the the big matriarch on Vulcan. And mm -hmm. we also got the Romulan commander. So at least yeah. Romulan Vulcans, you know, I think that's uh, pretty good for that time of having women in charge yeah. Yeah. in positions of power in that society. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the enterprise Orions to me sort of struck me as they're, we want to still do sexy Orion ladies, but right. not be called sexists. <laughs> so how do we do it? <laughs> yeah. 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 They didn't. And they, it didn't, now we're going to get there, obviously, um, yeah. but it didn't work for me until Lower Decks, I believe it or not, fleshed it out for me. Okay. Because having an entire gender control because the other gender emits pheromones on the way it was kind of presented in Enterprise didn't right. make sense to me. It's kind of like some dude would get on a spaceship like, man, I'm just getting away from these women for a minute. And, you know, his head would clear. But on that, on the way Enterprise presented, they didn't say it, but it's almost like the men walked around as zombies. 100 percent of the time and i kept thinking well you know that that pheromones alone is not going to be enough because again somebody's just going to get away he's going to put a gas mask on or something like that sure um and so it kind of sort of didn't work and as you said charles they were still also they were doing the other weird thing that the 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 conceit and enterprise was that the orion women were literally going into the galaxy everywhere controlling things by presenting themselves as slaves and basic prostitutes and right. even then, I'm like, ah, that ain't gonna work with every culture. Yeah, you know, that that, that right. kind of ain't gonna work. Um, yeah. So it was interesting, and they took it to a better place, I think, in Lower Decks. But I still did like them because they built on the mystique of the Orions because they were slave traders. Yeah. And that was kind of interesting in Star Trek to see, of course, not humans, but to really build up this race that is decidedly not like what we consider to be a race uh, engaged in any kind of practices we like. So I did like the fact that. They, they built on this background of them as slave traders and drug traders and all kinds of stuff that they were doing behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that, that goes, it goes back to a line, I guess, from, from the cage 
mm-hmm. when they say no man can resist them. I was like, well, if no right. man can resist them, why are they the slaves? <laughs> you know. So right. I, I, I could I could see flushing that out and trying to yeah. do something with it. It didn't 100% work for me on Enterprise. I did like, though, yeah. when the Orions finally showed up. I know, I remember, like, in the earlier season, like, I think it was season two of Enterprise, when mm-hmm. there were these, like, marauders and they were Nausicans. And I was mad at the time. Like, why are they flipping Nausicans from next gen <laughs> when they should be, like, a pre-TOS society? This should be the Orions. Yes. So when yeah. they did finally do the Orions, I was glad they were doing the Orions, at least. Yeah, yeah Enterprise I mean, had a kind of had a problem for a little bit there of going mm-hmm. back to the TNG races when I didn't feel like they should at the time. Oh, you yeah, know? like the Ferengi. Right, and the board and, the and board. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they, that Enterprise episode, at least when, if you're talking about when the three women came on board and they were basically dancing and sashaying and taking over the right. ship. Again, it, 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 in some ways it was a little hokey, but it, was some, it, it, it had some humor because yeah. all they did was it gave to Paul a headache. <laughs> and I think Dr. Flox kept having to give himself stimulants because it wasn't affecting him as controlling him, but it was giving, making him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. they, they still need to flush them out a little better. Yeah. yeah. And then when they brought them back on discovery, mm-hmm. now I didn't really care for what they did with the makeup because instead no. of just painting people green, they, tr- they, they, they over-engineered it and tried to yeah. give yes. them whole face prosthetics. So yes. everyone was like, like, um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Like everyone had that yeah. kind of face, you know. Yeah. But right. one thing I, they 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 did that I really liked, I thought was pretty clever, was that when they went to the thirty second century, and the first people you meet are an Orion and an Andorian mm-hmm. who are working together as part of this syndicate. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, yes. when those when those races were really introduced on the original series and Journey to Babel, that was a big thing. Like the Orions were on our side, and the I mean the Andorians were on our side, and the Orions were the mm-hmm. bad guys. So I thought. Mm-hmm going into the future and finding out the future is different because you have an Orion and an Andorian on the same side for the, um, the Emerald chain. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, but I agree with you. Even now when I think about, I forget the main bad guy, the lady, the Orion lady from discovery. I remember that the makeup just didn't look right. Yeah. They, they over-engineered it. They didn't want to just paint somebody green. So they made a whole like face prosthetic. And it Mm -hmm. looked like slick and, they had rubber heads. Yeah, they they look like rubber heads, <laughs> yeah. and they they didn't. They looked more like uh, lizards. Yeah, but I almost I mean I almost forgot we did see an Orion district on Kronos on Discovery at the end of season one, and that's where you had Ron Howard as an Orion. Was when they went. Do you remember that they went to the Orion district at the end of season one of Discovery on yes. Kronos, and there yes. was uh, yeah, that's so. Right. Yeah, that, that got blocked from my brain. <laughs> you don't remember that? Uh, no. Uh, Clint Howard. I'll probably watch it and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Clint Howard. Is that you meant? Clint, Clint Howard. Yeah. yeah Ron yeah. Howard wasn't in it. Yeah. It was Clint <laughs> Howard. You're right about that. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Did y'all like Discovery's Orions? I, for some reason, even though they fleshed them out more, they didn't leave much of an impression with me. Long lasting. I'm not sure why. No. I mean, I, I like the Emerald Chain idea. Yeah. But they did, they did what a lot of modern Star Trek does, which... End of season, story over, mm-hmm. when I felt like they should have continued and fleshed it out. Yeah, you know? I would have loved to see more from that character. Well, for instance, like how, how interesting. Yeah, like how might the, the, the whole 10C situation in season four have turned out if the Emerald Chain was still a major power? Yeah. Right. You know, and I, got, I felt like, um, and I'm blanking on her name as well, but that Orion lady who was in charge of the chain, I felt mm-hmm. like she finally got interesting in that, in that scene where she was where she showed up at Starfleet command and she wanted to negotiate to join Starfleet. Yeah. And she had that great 
interaction with Admiral Vance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she's getting interesting. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the next episode, they kick her off of a ledge <laughs> like Darth Maul, you know, <laughs> like because that's what you do. I would, whereas yeah. I, I feel like it would have been more interesting if she'd have continued on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I agree. Or at with least that. continued the Emerald Chain along because, I mean, it seems like someone would just step up and take their, her place. And when yeah, just you would think. because that's how big bad corporations work. The head person dies. Okay, whatever. It, we're gonna the next person's gonna step right up and well, take the place. It's it's. I mean, it's people who grew up with Star Wars. It's like, oh, Emperor's dead. <laughs> I guess the Star Wars over. <laughs> Everybody stand down. <laughs> yeah, you would because think in this day and age, that they would know that no, they're not gone. It's not gone. It's not. It's not gone. Right. Star Wars yeah. has proved that, that it's not actually gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree, Veronica. And also the Orions and their culture is something that by Discovery's time, it's been this way for centuries. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. It, that That's their culture, it, it appears. So yeah, one person wouldn't be that important in the chain. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to bring us up to Lower Decks. And Lower Decks has done some of the best work, I think, on yeah. the Orions. But before we get into that, because we'll, we, we won't be able to talk about this without getting into spoilers for the latest episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you're listening on the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't go away, because when we come back, we'll be talking about the Orions on Lower Decks, as well as the latest episode, Something Borrowed, Something Green. So stay right there. After a long wait, new Doctor Who is on its way. We're gearing up to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the show with a brand new Doctor. Let's welcome Shudi Gatwa as the 14th Doctor. Um, no. Shudi is the 15th Doctor. David Tennant is the 14th Doctor. Wait, wait, wait. I thought David Tennant was the 10th Doctor. Okay, I'm confused. Confused? Well, your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to help you through all your Doctor Who questions. Check us out wherever fine podcasts are found. Spoilers. Boop, boop. Spo- <laughs> Perfect. Spoilers. And that's spoilers for, uh, I mean, up to and including uh, Lower Deck Season 4, the episode Something Borrowed, Something Green, mm-hmm. which came out today, which I flippin' loved. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I loved Same seeing here. Tendi in, in her previous culture and trying to cover it up and how embarrassed she was over everything. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think of it, Keith? I I loved this is weird. I loved the A story. The B story was just okay to me. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought the B story was pretty hilarious myself. Yeah. But it was hilarious, yeah. but it wasn't like great. Like, like the, yeah. the B story could easily have been Jake and Nog. Yes. I thought. Yes. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just love the whole thing with them going to the holodeck and like they're both Mark Twain. <laughs> so they're both terrible Mark Coins. But yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must be fun to be an actor and you get to do the thing that actors do sometimes when they're trying to be serious, which is fake a bad accent. I do the class, huh? You know, I mean, this right. <laughs> you don't even have to be good at it because that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, I, I didn't dislike the B story. But this is one time I kind of wish the A story had been the only story because right. uh, every time they jump back, I kind of want to go back to to Tendi because again it's ironic that Lower Dex is fleshing out the Orions in ways that I like and actually kind of fill in those gaps that I was wondering about mm-hmm. and some of the doubts yeah. I had because Lower Dex has kind of addressed the point of 
It's not that the women control the men every second of every day. They can. They can hit them with these pheromone bursts. It's, as you were saying, Veronica, it's their culture. Yeah. Uh, I think bolstered by and started with the pheromones. But it's obviously their culture. You can tell men have been acculturated to be scared of the women. Because, right. again, you know, you, you know, I could put on a gas mask or a spacesuit and get away from them. But that's their culture. It's a, it's a female-dominated society. And I actually kind of like that. You know, despite all the joking, you see some of the... Mm-hmm. Good, the thought that they put into them. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's something that every Star Trek show has done. Is mm-hmm. you, you you make one of the existing races, whether it be Klingon or Ferengi, part of the main mm-hmm. cast, and then mm-hmm. flesh it out. Yeah, and the yeah. challenge is to flesh it out in a way that feels consistent with what we've seen yes. before, mm-hmm. but builds upon those characters. And I love that they're doing that with the Orions, and I love that they're taking. I mean, it's a comedic show, yeah. so it's going to yes. be funny. But they're mm-hmm. also taking it seriously. It's not just jokes. Yeah, it's. Right. I mean, they're they're really lo- like delving into Orion lore mm-hmm. in this, and I I love the bit they they walked it back a little bit with the Orion women being in control with the pheromones. You know, yeah. some some Orion women can, yes. not all Orion women do. Right. Um. And I love the line where it's like, no, Starfleet said they just made that up. They had to come up with something to <laughs> explain how a bunch of Ryan showgirls like took command. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but but having fun with the lore that exists mm-hmm. too. And I thought that I thought it was really well done. I, I love the portrayal of Orion. I love mm-hmm. that. I mean, when you first get there, it's just like a palatial estate and a dude riding a rhinoceros. Like it's a really nice place. And then yeah. you go to yeah. a city. And a club, and then you go to the underbelly, like you sort of different layers yeah. of Orion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they first introduced, when they, we first saw them flying there and Tendi first talking, I was thinking about this is another thing. I was thinking about we could do a show one day on all the aliens in Starfleet who are ashamed of their heritage or kind right. of sort of want to be more human than their own because, you know, right or wrong. Tendi's ashamed of her heritage. And I'm not saying her heritage is something she should be embracing. We found out she's trained to be an assassin. That's just an interesting (laughs) thing about Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that that was something they had planned for her from the beginning because Mm -hmm. even in season one, stuff like that was showing up with Tendi. Yeah, that's been seated all through the show up to this point. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is, that is a satisfying reveal when you finally find out answers and it it lines up with what you've seen so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about the DS9 episode, where that guy who was like, and she was like, no, no, it's not cool to be a pirate. But then when it comes down to it, and she just like beats everybody up and hijacks a ship. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that's, it's part of her upbringing. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's less satisfying when you get the reveals and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. You know? I really enjoyed the lower decks Orion's the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. That was, that was interesting. And they were talking about how you can't just, you can't just tattoo a chain. You have to earn them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, I and mean, that, that's that's a good thing to throw out there, though, because we got another little tease of these this mis- mysterious alien ship that's mm-hmm. just blowing everybody up. Yeah. And I mean, it's basically the same scene every time. Where, yeah. it, but I, I have enjoyed seeing the different cultures on these ships just flying around in space. Yeah. We got but. one with the Klingons. We got one with the Romulans. Now with the Orions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like just getting this little glimpse of just the folks that are just out there on ships putting around the galaxy. Yeah. And this wasn't even the Orion pirate ship. <laughs> they said they were an Orion cargo vessel, basically. Uh, right. <laughs> pirate he adjacent. A, and then he said he was a plunder sorter. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sorts the plunder. I love that. That was great. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I remember a couple, three weeks ago when one of the ships blew up, I said something like, are we sure everybody on the ship was dead, dead? Well, they I saw, they showed the people disintegrating today, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Unless yeah. they're being beamed. Oh, good point. You know, you never yeah, know. Yeah, There's always yeah. a possibility that it's a transporter built into that thing. Who knows? Oh, They're going yeah. around collecting alien species. Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, or they could just be blowing them up. Yeah. <laughs> but I but, thought it was um, good. It's good. And I like the music at the start of that episode, too. It kind mm-hmm. of sort of sounded like when the Klingon bird of prey appeared in uh, Searcher's Hall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and one I mean, one thing I enjoyed about the Orions in this episode is that you got mm-hmm. Orions that were very different shades of green. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, Which and you, different hair colors, and and that could yes. just be because it's boring if everybody on screen is exactly <laughs> the same color, mm-hmm. you know, yes. just visually. But mm-hmm. I mean, that makes think, sense. I, I thought about the Orions, like those guys yeah. were more blue, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you could have, I mean, it, it would make sense to have different ethnicities amongst the Orions and variations yeah. in skin color. I think that's they're not all the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's been a, that's been an issue Star Trek and a lot. So much science fiction deals with. I agree with you because everybody was the same skin tone, right? And it seems kind of weird why that would be the case. Yeah. So, okay, I wondered if that was me. I only got to watch the episode once, mm-hmm. and I had gone to <laughs> along with personal stuff. I got to the eye doctor today, and I was looking I'm like, man, my eyes still jacked up, or are those people with different skin color, <laughs> skin, <laughs> skin tones. <laughs> Actually, I just said that. Our actual big question mark is it me or are they different shades? <laughs> <laughs> now, let your doctor know they really were different skin tones. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, but we found out that Otendi's oh, family is the fifth largest family on Orion, which is Only. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but barely. Barely. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. That yeah. That, like, I mean, she's yeah. a pretty well to do family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like being the fifth richest person in the United States. That's yeah. that's not a that's not a minor thing. No, nothing no. to sneeze at. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, and and uh, I love it. What, what was the thing? Mary to make the joke, but everybody seems to love the ride or be carried around or something like that. Because yeah, they're, everywhere you go, they're being carried around on one of those like daises platforms. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed um, meeting her parents mm-hmm. and you could, uh, and um, what was her, her dad's name? It was like, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which in our Star Trek yeah. show, I had a character called Baab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I was like, man, I was so close. I'm like, Bert. we're on the same wavelength, me and Lower Decks. <laughs> and her sis and, and her um, sister was Erica. Yeah. Erica. Uh, yeah. And, and Tindy is and, what? Devana? Devana. Devana. Yeah. Yeah. But Bert and De Erica had almost, <laughs> almost normal like American names. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you could tell that Tindy f- clearly got a lot of her personality from her dad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was very. That was made very clear. Yeah. Now I, I liked that like Mariner was in this episode throughout, but she wasn't like super badass. She wasn't yeah. beating everybody up. She just kept getting stabbed. Yeah, in the same spot. In the same spot. <laughs> like I the know. knife would just knew where to go. Yeah. Uh, she was, and I am. We we talked about this before. I am loving Talyn's character, dude. Everything Talyn <laughs> says, I laugh. Yes, I, me I, too. The, 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 the the delivery as much as anything, but I mean, yeah. she yes. can say like, "Sensors are on," and I would be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, good one, Talyn." <laughs> And they do such a good job. I was laughing the whole show because she kept using that pad to record and she would just so 
clinically talk about the Orions. You know, she's just basically analyzing it. It worked. It was just so funny. I thought she yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah, I heard just little asides, and there was something like, "Who doesn't want to steal a ship?" And she'd be like, "I do not." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah, talking about steal a ship. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When they were talking about Boiler and Rutherford basically becoming bros, as she says something like their emotional closeness is, is irritating or something or, alarm, right. or something like that. Yeah. But she said it's so deadpan. It was just great. And that one Orion guy, she said he, he is aesthetically pleasing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was as close to you get is he's really hot. Yeah. 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 Just every, I mean, that actor is just nailing every line. Her, del- her delivery is just perfect. Yes. Yes. And yeah. it just makes everything funnier. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know about you guys, but nobody tried to kidnap me or my wife before we got married. I mean, it's not something that <laughs> it's not a tradition I'm familiar with. <laughs> no, well, thankfully not. Um, yeah, I guess on Orion, it's traditional. It's like boring. They're like, oh yeah, she got she got abducted, huh? <laughs> That's yeah. just the thing to abduct Orion women before the wedding. That's not the strangest Star Trek tradition we've heard of. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's the the there's the Betazoids getting married naked, naked, true. naked. Yeah. naked. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, also, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you catch that the mom said it was almost a dishonor because they whoever if they were going to kidnap her they waited too long, almost like that yeah. didn't make her valuable, <laughs> right? <or> desirable. <laughs> yeah. I I I did like the um the Starship sort of graveyard. Where I guess Tendi would go as a kid and dream about being mm. in Starfleet, and that ship that they they took looked like the Raven to me. It looked like uh yes. like Annika Hansen's family's ship, mm. which I yes. thought was an like you don't have to do that. It could just be generic mm. ship, but they I mean they go all out on these things. Yeah. I'm like they really do. Let's recreate something from the original from uh, from the Legacy series. Yes. So speaking of ways they go all out, did, were y'all paying mm. attention to what um, Boimler and Rutherford had on their shelves? In their room, uh-uh. so there was, DS9? so there was a DS nine, and I think uh-huh. the box next to it was probably the box for the model because it also <laughs> said Quarks yeah. on it, and they may have gotten oh, it at Quarks. That, that was they did they did go to a Quarks and buy that. Yeah, yeah, oh, so, nice. but um, also there were three action figures. One of them was clearly Kirk in his green wraparound. Was it Kirk or was it Mirror Archer in his wraparound? Oh, I don't. Last know. week he had a doll of Mirror Archer. Maybe it was the week before. Okay, then it may have been that. I just it okay. was a, it was a wraparound with brownish hair. Okay, and then there was someone else standing, and I don't think it was Spock because I feel like they had a gold uniform on. Okay, but it looked okay. like they were standing and holding out their hands in the Vulcan symbol, and mm-hmm. then there was a there was a Klingon with a batleth. Okay, um, and beside that was a a um. Oh, it was some kind of plate, and I'm forgetting what it is now. It wasn't. It wasn't. Was it the Paris plate? It was not the Paris plate. Oh. It was. It was like a, the U.S. Federation of Planets okay. plate uh, <laughs> that they had sitting on the shelf. Yeah, Veronica was working from home today, so she had plenty of time to watch this over and over again. <laughs> yes, I, I saw that there were things, and I actually went back just to watch those oh, good. and look at them. Good job. Yeah. Are collector plates like that still a thing? When I was coming up, you got a plate like that everywhere you went, like Six Flags and crap like that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if they, they are as much. I don't know. They they did produce that Paris plate. We have yeah, one. we have one. But oh. I've I've thought about like <laughs> I don't need to I don't need to start buying things. I don't no. need to go down a rabbit hole. But I would love to just start buying the like corny old like Star Trek plates without like it be a Gowron and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the next time we do a get together at y'all's house, we can have Star Trek plates and those crazy two tine space forks and the square glasses. Right. And then 
You could put on a bowl of like soap to look like the food from the original series, you know, the colored yeah, soap. Yeah, but we can't eat off of Star Trek plates, though. I don't think they're yeah. I don't think you're supposed to eat off of them. No. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we Mistress get, of the Winter Constellation? Sorry, Charles. Yeah, no, they, they, and they've mentioned that before, back yeah. when the last mm-hmm. time when she met her uncle or something. I think it was in that uh, same Tom Paris episode when she and Marin mm-hmm. were off on their adventure. Mm-hmm. Did they called her the Mistress of the Winter Constellations, which we got more context for this week. I don't know. I, I've just really enjoyed. I mean, it's a comedy show, but they're they're yeah. putting the the time and effort into like world building and character building. Yeah, um, yeah. and I really, I, I, for me, Lower Decks really hits its mark when it's really yeah. funny, but it's in funny doing things that they could have done on star on like the the live action Star Trek shows, right? Right, and, and I, all of this felt like something you could have done on live action Star Trek, including. The, the Mark Twain stuff in the holodeck. So one of the yes. Orion things we forgot to mention, which is slightly related to Lower Decks, is the Orions mm-hmm. that were in the um, Those Old Scientists True. episode. Yeah. Because yeah. that they, they I remembered it because um, they called Tendi the Mistress of the Winter Wind, and that's how they knew who, who they were talking about. Yeah, because, because Tendi's great-grandmother was on that Orion ship. Yeah. 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 And and Charles, back to what you were saying again about how you know, not all the women have the pheromone power, at least at that level. Again, I like it because they have removed the pheromones as 100% the control. Mm-hmm. Because notice when they went to that club, the bouncers were really mean and rude. Yeah. And if it was just pure pheromone power, they'll know that Tindy doesn't have it. If it was real pheromone power, it would have been different. Obviously, they have free will. But when they saw her, the dude literally groveled. He literally hit the ground. It's like, yeah. mistress, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And that's something they said about Tendi was that she didn't have the pheromones, but she didn't need mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that some people don't. I did like that they um, they shortened it to the moans. And that, <laughs> that's a nice double meaning. I'm here for the moans. Yes. <laughs> And the and the club was funny. They had that weird, what did they call it? The murder bug drinking game. Yeah, yeah. And and then the, did you notice, um, Veronica? You talked about that knife finding uh, mariner. Do you notice that the lady had a whole jar full of bloody yeah. knives? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just a thing. They occasionally throw around knives. It might hit you in the wrong place, or it might hit you in a place that doesn't matter too much. And if so, here you go. Right. You can put it in here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I I I, I love this episode start to finish. I yeah. do too. Um, I and we we got another Chalnoff, the the dude from Allegiance. Do you remember the episode Allegiance of Next Generation when Picard was captured and it was those random people and That's it was that one was. guy? Yeah, the, the one of those guys. I couldn't remember the race, and I kept looking at him, and I kept <laughs> wanting to make him a Nausicaa. I was like, "That's not nope. a Nausicaa. Where is I have seen that dude?" Yeah. Uh, I, which I, is a great pull because that's a really yes. uh, that was a great character. Yeah, um, and I love him being dressed up like Mark Twain in the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and then even the captain yeah. was like, "What are we doing here? This makes no sense." Yeah. And evidently, the captain was so irritated. They said later on that she forbade them to dress up like Mark Twain again. Yeah. <laughs> Banned from Mark Twain. Whoa, it had to be Beethoven or somebody at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing the, the was a piano or a harpsichord and Rutherford's like yeah. this thing's really hard to play. Yeah, it was a grand piano. <laughs> or a oh, that was funny. Very least. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, you, and the thing is, it's funny. You know, humor is good when you see it coming. You still laugh. I knew the dude was going to eat that bonsai tree. 
Yeah. But I still just laughed. And then, of course, he took the mist. I need some mist. <laughs> he drinks it. <laughs> and then I love the thing where he's basically like, okay, I'm going to let you survey the, what's it, the nebula. Yeah. Pray I do not change my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, you're really intimidating. He goes, thank you. <laughs> and they just walk away. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was fun. Really, really good. And even the thing with Tindy's sister made sense. You know, again, God, have we not seen that on everything from, I don't know, what the Brady Bunch to, <laughs> to you know, a family affair to just name your show with two siblings. Of course, they just don't usually try to kill each other. Because it's like, you left me in here. And that's because I knew you were a better assassin than I'd be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's I mean, that's classic Star Trek. Yeah. Absolutely. Having the the bitterness between the sibling mm-hmm. and they make up at the end. I mm-hmm. mean, that's that that's just perfect Star Trek to me. Yeah. Yeah. It also, as um you were saying, Veronica, earlier that how we've seen seen so much how Tindy's hiding who she is. If she's a trained assassin, basically like the leader of an assassin's guild on the fifth most powerful pl- family in the syndicate there's scary to think about how good she must really be. You know, yeah. We've seen her you know, kick people every now and then, but man, she must be really good. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I would love to see a Tendi who is free to be who she is, that the science nerd that she is. Yeah. But not hiding and not ashamed of who she was and where she comes from. It's sort of, I would love to see them evolve Tendi into someone who can bring those things together. Yeah. Especially if she, I mean, she said before that she wants to become a captain and I feel like she would need both sides of herself to be a captain, right? You need a captain who can, you know, hijack a ship and kick people in the face as well as being a science nerd. Yeah. Because sometimes what track does, I think, well, and to bring up a really weird name is, is Captain Jellicoe Mm -hmm. is sometimes basically, I'm dovetailing what you're saying, Charles, sometimes what Star Trek actually needs is a captain who's not the spit and polished perfect captain. Sure, you need yeah. a captain for certain situations, certain parts of the galaxy, certain races. Right. I absolutely see her going places Picard may not have succeeded as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but we've seen it everybody from Kirk to Cisco to Michael Burnham. Yeah. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. the captain's got to beat somebody up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> you, you don't want a captain to get, get, that gets beat up every week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, she should take some lessons from a bingo. True, right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, that might be a good arc for Tindy of mm-hmm. her, you know, coming to terms with embracing her heritage while still right. being who she wants to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she doesn't have to choose. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. and as long as Talyn is there, I'll be. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be fine. yes. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Talyn threw the pad away at the end, though. Yeah, and that was a good comment. That you know. Mm-hmm. You know, documenting because they sort of twisted her arm in the beginning. She didn't want to go to this wedding. Yes. And they're like, no, we should go. We should go. I'm going to come too. I'm going to come too. And oh, I'm going to come and study your species. She's like, oh, <laughs> but she's a pleaser. And so she agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was cool of Talyn to say, you know, you know, studying a culture without consent isn't ethical and just toss her pad out the window. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. Well, do we have any closing thoughts about the Orions or about the this week's episode before we close this thing out? Um, I, as I said earlier, I'm stunned at a comedy-based cartoon fleshed out a species that I have often loved. Because mm. one of the things that I've loved about the Orions, there's another group, the Regilians, the Rigel Colonies. Right. You hear this stuff, but you don't know. And I think 
And all the Star Trek species, two of the ones that are most interesting are the Orions and the Regilians, because you just get this feeling they're everywhere. Yeah. And it's interesting that a com- comedic cartoon is fleshing them out in a satisfying way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have lower decks like tackle every major species now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Keith, where can people find more of you? You can find me on X and Instagram and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. You're getting more comfortable saying X. I know. Uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just took a breath. <laughs> uh, and how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. Yeah. And if you're in the Atlanta area, they've just announced the date for the Halloween Puck and Puppet Show, which is going to be October 14th this year. And it's for this year, for the first time since we, I mean, within the 11 years we've been doing it, it's going to be at the Center for Puppetry Arts. Yeah. On the main stage. Yeah. And so we're going to have. Not at all. Right. So we're going to have the opportunity to, to perform on the main stage at the Center for Puppetry Arts for the first time. Yeah. That's a um, big deal. It is. So if you're in the Atlanta area, come see us because we're we're planning to go big. We, we've got some routines planned that are going to be pretty wild. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it might be the first and last time we get to perform at the Center for Puppetry Arts. So if you're in the Atlanta area, mark your calendar for October 15th or October 14th and come, yes. especially because the Puck and Puppet Show. Um, is uh is there's it's voting it's there's a cash prizes for the winners and it's audience voting Mm -hmm. so if you've got people in the audience who are voting for you you've got a better chance of winning so i would love for everybody to come out and have a great time at the center for puppetry arts and watch the puck and puppet show because it's always a great show and vote for us yes yes (laughs) all right where else can people find us Veronica? monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys that's right and do you have a closing for us this week don't worry we know you're just a nerd (laughs) <laughs> that's good that's <laughs> the show. Yes. well done <laughs> all right well thank you everybody for joining us in the comments um and we will see everybody next week we go live on thursday evenings at 8 p.m eastern talking about a, a, a legacy star trek topic as well as the latest episode of the latest star trek series so next week will be lower decks again and i cannot wait and we'll see maybe maybe next week is the week that we all love very short treks <laughs> who knows <laughs> all right bye everybody see you Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.